Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. On VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in, everybody. It is your Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line live from Las Vegas, downtown at our Circus Sportsbook studio. I am Ben Wilson in for Stormy today. It is an absolute pleasure to be back with the former NFL GM, Michael Lombardi. Although, you, you know, you wrote, I was I read the, the VSEN updated NFL betting guide before the season kicked off, Michael. You wrote all about this 34-year drought of the Cleveland Browns not finishing ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the standings and kind of figured for them to get over that hump this year, they'd have to win games like the one they lost last night. And that's where we'll start with just a uh, just a debilitating kick yourself in the in the face sort of uh, jaw-dropping bad performance from Cleveland with four turnovers last night. Pittsburgh with a lot of betting support wasn't the right side, but that doesn't all the time matter, Michael. They get the win <laughs> yeah. in, in our game of the night last night, 26-22. You hit the nail on the head right there. Those are one of the games that you handicap correctly and lose, and you have to move on. It's on to Cincinnati, right? Like, you can't let that affect you. Picking Cleveland in the game was the right handicap. Who could have predicted the turnovers, the mistakes? Look, the first rule of football is you have to avoid losing before you can win, which means, you know, you throw the ball into cover two, and then, then you know, Bryant plays volleyball with it. The next thing you know, you're down 7 nothing. At least you come back, you fight back, you get a field goal, you move the ball. Chubb's running as well as it could be, and then you get the injury. In spite of that, your defense is playing lights out. I mean, they're playing lights out. You know, they give up the one play to Pickens on the 70 yards. It was, I think the coverage was wrong. The safety went over the over to the wrong side. But to me, that defense, well, I was right about that defense this summer. That defense is really good. And that defense is going to be continue to be good. And even with injuries, they'll be good. They just got to figure out who they are offensively and how can they minimize Watson from hurting them. Because let's face it, he hurts them. In a game where Cleveland out first downs, Pittsburgh 20 to nine, out gains them 408 to 255, had the ball way more than Pittsburgh did by uh, to the to the tune of about an 11 minute advantage in time of possession. Yeah, four turnovers, two of them returned for touchdowns, basically ended up being the difference in the game as Pittsburgh wins as the home dog over does cash 26, 22 Pittsburgh. Uh, big question I have for you, Michael, it's it's kind of trying to figure out where to now downgrade this Cleveland offense sort of in a, in a tale of two parts. One, it's the injury to running back Nick Chubb, head coach Kevin Stefanski 
after the game says feared he will be out for the season with the undisclosed injury, but of a of the knee variety. And combined with a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who has looked average at best through two games, a lot of expectations for him making a big leap after having a whole offseason to prepare under head coach Kevin Stefanski's system. So where do you go with the Cleveland offense that basically won in spite of itself in week one and in week two was legitimately responsible for a loss to Pittsburgh on the road? Well, I think what you do is you, you build around your strengths. It's a similar to the Jets, but this is a little bit easier of a problem to manage. You know, everybody was excited about Jerome Ford's big run, you know, but when you take that run out of there, I think he had 15 carries for 37 yards, you know, so they're going to have to do something at the running back. Here's what I do know. And I tweeted a little bit about this last night, that the, the Browns, the Jets, and shockingly, the Houston Texans are the three teams that have spent the most cash this year getting their team ready. Now, it makes sense for the Jets and the Browns because they went all in. I mean, they basically went Teddy KGB and put all their chips in the middle of the table, right? Where I don't understand why Houston, what Houston's doing, but we'll get to that later. I mean, why not call up Chris Ballard? Look, here's the reality of Nick Chubb. It breaks my heart he got hurt. There's no nicer kid. There's no better human being on planet Earth as a player and as a talent than Nick Chubb. You feel so badly for him. Mm -hmm. That being said, life goes on. The game goes on. This team's built around a running game. This team's not built around the quarterback. And we saw that last night as he struggled. They're not talented enough at the other positions to really allow it to excel. They need the threat in the backfield. You take that away, it's a problem. they got to call Chris Ballard. To me, they have no choice but to call Chris Ballard. Offer him your two. Give him your two. and your, Give him enough draft capital that equals a one. And see if the kid will play on, a, on his existing contract. And, you know, come in and see if he could do it. You add that piece, all of a sudden those odds are going to go up. And the way they behave this year, Ben, it would shock me if they didn't make that call. With, with where There's Jonathan Taylor there. is people at? Saying, yeah, go get, I get it. Yeah, people are saying go get Kareem Hunt. Okay, great. They, Kareem Hunt went to New Orleans, and he went to and he went to Indianapolis. He doesn't have a contract. You know why? Because he's out of shape. He wasn't working out. Like nobody wants to sign a guy who's not ready to play. I mean, look, Chris Jones was holding out, but we saw he was in shape and he was ready to play. Ask Jacksonville. Ask Brandon Scherf. Sure. He'll tell you he's ready to play. So why go down that road? <laughs> You know, Cam Akers isn't playing. If Cam Akers was going to help the Browns, he'd be helping the Rams. You're totally right that so it's a I completely, different, me, uh, completely different setup with where Jonathan Taylor is at relative to the other running backs you, you've just talked about right now on PUP list for the Indianapolis Colts. But, you know, I also look at where Cleveland is at and think as much as Jerome Ford, he was the storyline after Nick Chubb left. You mentioned how the numbers are inflated because of the one big run that he broke. But at the same time, this is a consensus top five offensive line. Deshaun Watson as a run first quarterback has showed flashes so far, just that the athleticism is still there. The passing is not. Only Zach Wilson and Justin Fields have had worse EPA plus completion percentage over expectations Who through two weeks say? in the Who NFL. Uh, yeah, that's you. right. Uh, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. Have been I, worse. I thought he was headed to the Pro Bowl. I, I didn't miss that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. You just want to make sure we talked about that. Yeah, I do. I do you'd appreciate it. But the the point is. Let's say Cleveland isn't able to make that trade. They don't get a Jonathan Taylor. They, they basically decide, let, let's just rely on a really good offensive line. We can make this work with basically league average running back play. Is that enough for you still? I mean, it's a, it's a defense that has seen only Dallas be better on an EPA per play basis. They're minus 145 to make the playoffs. They look like a legitimate team that is you know, a piece or two away from being a, a legit AFC contender. Yeah, I, I don't see them not being able to do it without. They need an elite back back there. 
you know, nobody's going to go in the game. Look, the line's good, but how many runs did you notice last night where Chubb makes the guy miss, makes the first guy, makes the second? You know what I mean? I mean, those runs that Chubb has are just so damn good. And it's hard. And, you know, here's what I wrote about it. And, you know, I wrote about this for VEASAN.com online. You can go read it there. But I have I've been completely, completely uh, destroyed by the 76ers. And most of the things that they've done have stayed in my crawl and have bothered me for zillions of years, including the Wilt Chamberlain trade, which I was too young to really remember. But anyway, they signed. I call it the Scotty Williams syndrome, Ben. They signed Scotty Williams from the Bulls. You know, he was playing on the Michael Jordan Bulls team. He'd come off the bench. He'd go 16 minutes. He'd get five rebounds. He'd average about eight points a game. You know, oh. so the Sixers, using their logic, said, okay, if we sign him and we play him 32 minutes, you know, then that means he's going to get, he'll get 16 points and he'll get 10 rebounds a night and it'll be perfect for us. It's just what we need. Wrong. When you take a role player and extend the role, he may not be the same player. I think we're seeing that with Madison in Minnesota. Really good behind Dalvin Cook. Maybe not so good on the own. So to me, if the Browns are really going to go all in, they at least owe a phone call. How much is it going to cost? In my new book, I wrote about this. It's like we're one player away. Teams that are one player away will make a trade. We saw it with the Minnesota Vikings. They traded for Herschel Walker. We saw it with a lot of teams do this. And there may be some other back that you might be able to sneak out. I don't think it's Cam Akers. I just don't. Yeah. But I do think they need another runner. Football done right, uh, by the way. Now available wherever you get to get your books there. Recently released from our guy, Michael Lombardi. I uh, just want to flip, get a couple minutes, too, on the Pittsburgh side of this because it's let's be real this is a fugazi box score uh, the, the final score does not really indicate what we actually oh. watched on the field from the pittsburgh steelers and while you could say the steelers offensively have faced two of the best defenses in the nfl so far san francisco and cleveland who both looked really really good kenny pickett i, I was just looking at those uh, those nfl advanced stats leaderboards for quarterback so far pickett 26 out of the 32 qualifiers in epa per play plus completion percentage over expectation the the movement on offense with oc matt canada there's just not much space right now steelers have have looked lost on the offensive game planning where are you at with this pittsburgh team that is very fortunate to be one and one after getting back-to-back home games to start the year yeah, very fortunate to be one-on-one. And, you know, defensively, they were down corners last night, too. I mean, Fitzpatrick went out. I think Cam Sutton's hurt. So, you know, to me, the, they have to run the football effectively. And I said all summer long, the one thing when you play a when you play a, a Jim Schwartz defense, it's hard to run the ball on him. The way he teaches run fits, the way he can build that eight-man front, it's hard. And, you know, so they had 21 carries for 55 yards. That's not that's not Steeler football. This week they'll play the Raiders, which is really a grade way down in defensive personnel from the last two. They'll they'll run the football. They'll look better offensively than they have all season because of that. So Pickett will look better, but your points well taken. Everybody wants Warren to be the back all the time. Problem is, did you watch Warren pass protect last night? Yikes. Major yikes. Yikes is right. You know, Warren had six Warren had six carries for 20 yards, too. I mean, everybody's given Nigel Harris. I mean, I hear people say, well, he's a second coming of Zeke Elliott. Nigel had 10 carries for 43 yards. I mean, you know, I mean, that was way better than the guy everybody's pushing. That was way that's a yard better than than Warren. Now, I think Warren's a really good change of pace player and he's really good in the passing game. But he's not Tony Pollard. Let's not let's not go there now.
totally know? makes and, sense. And yeah. I think Canada just takes a beating. He just takes a beating. You know, he t- he takes a beating because they play to their strength, which is their defense. And last night, you know, their defense won the game for him. Certainly did. You also be very interested to see I, from the betting market where injuries have resulted in the line going toward the Raiders was a pick them in a lot of shops. If you wake up on a, on a Tuesday, an hour into the early afternoon East Coast time, this is now Raiders. A lot of spots, one and a half, even some books going to Raiders minus two with the additional injuries Boy. for Pittsburgh Ooh. free safety. Minka Fitzpatrick, the latest one, was released from the hospital after undergoing a testing on a chest injury. That from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. But you already had a, a big defensive lineman in Cam Hayward moved on IR. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson on IR as well. So this is a tough spot right now for Pittsburgh. Having said all that, Raiders 31st in EPA per play defensively through two weeks, whereas the Steelers just played teams number two and three overall in the Browns and the uh, San Francisco 49ers so far to start the season. So uh, that's your, your line right now, one and a half and 43 on the total. In the meantime, for Cleveland, big move against them with the injury to running back Nick Chubb, three-point favorites against the Titans with a total of around 40. We'll talk about the other Monday night game when we come back. We're just getting started Tuesday. Day edition of the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Put the VEASAN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription when you use promo code LOMBARDI. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember to use promo code LOMBARDI to save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. You can sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We mentioned open the show, Michael. You kind of pour one out if you were a Browns 
backer last night uh, in, and you, you lose despite feeling like you're on the right side. Hey, how about if you laid three with New Orleans? Saints defense just completely <laughs> dominates for basically 57 minutes and then Carolina gets the the garbage time cover drive. Well, not the cover drive, but the, the backdoor push drive complete with the two-point conversion. And you talk about misleading box scores. I mean, Carolina could barely move the ball and yet uh, that ends up being a 20-17 to 17 final, a push on the side and under on the total on what was the low, one of the lowest totals of the week down to 39 and a half. But don't you go saying anything bad about that play calling, Ben. That's what Frank Wright told <laughs> yeah. me. Don't you say a bad word about that play calling. I mean, it's amazing when you get a reputation for being a great offensive coach. And then when – no, because nobody goes back and studies it, right? Nobody really goes back and looks at it. You know, in 2000, and when he took the job in 18 with Andrew Luck, they were fourth. The next year they didn't have Luck. They went to 18th. And then with Rivers, they actually got it to seventh. And then lately, they've been, I'm talking about Indy, they were 18th and 23rd. And when they go through the yards, the passing yards and points, I mean, the last two years, he's been 30th in points. In 22, I mean, so he struggled. Like, he hasn't been a great offensive mind. I think the offense is horrendous. I, I think his offense is worse than everybody's killing Matt Canada. I, I actually think the Panthers. And I love Bryce Young, but I'm going to say this. I think the Panthers got worse. I don't think they got better. I think they got worse. I, I w- if they had Bryce Young with what they had last year, I think they would be better. I think they got worse. They could run the ball last year. They had, they had power. Their offensive line came off the ball. I mean, they could move the football. Mm-hmm. They beat New Orleans at home with Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, last night, you know, I don't feel sorry for Saints fans, for Saint betters pushing because I watched the game, too. They were horrible, too. Like, Carr was trying to give that game away, wasn't he? Neither team with I mean, more than 4.6 yards per play. Yes, it was It was an ugly watch, for sure. You take away the 45 and the 42-yard pass. Olive, Olave makes a great catch, and Shahid makes a great catch, too. You take those two plays out of the equation, right? That's 87 yards of his 228. I mean... He was. I mean, we've seen this before from Carr, right? You've seen it before. You watch Raider games. I don't feel bad. I think to me, I'm going to keep. I think the Panthers have gotten worse offensively. And I was just. I mean, they've gotten um, worse as a team. Yeah. You know, we're the in the updated win total live now on DraftKings. Panthers five and a half is where you're now at in season win total. Uh, juiced over at minus 125. It's, it's almost like it, it's hard to even make legitimate judgments on a quarterback in Bryce Young so far when he, he's got no chance on so many drop backs. And as much as we want to jump to conclusions on a number one overall pick early, and sure, he, you know, eye test wise, he looks small when he drops back in the pocket. He is a small guy to begin with. That was the big issue and, and why people were down on him coming out of college, out of Alabama but when you watch the offensive line and how they get blown off the ball almost every single play lack of weapons around him to make any sort of plays you know it almost seems inevitable that you're going to get an offensive night of 4.3 yards per play a team that puts up less than 250 total yards and you're right despite the Saints really doing nothing for most of the game on offense you never felt like Carolina had a chance to win the game yeah I mean look this 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 whole conversation we could have here about why the NFL is a copycat league and why people are constantly copying what other people do to have this kid in shotgun all the time, to have no real run game to not have. I mean, last year, the Panthers were under center. They weren't all shotgun runs. You know, they could run the ball. I'll give you the perfect example. The Patriots, 
Patriots are all shotgun now. Last year, Stevenson averaged five yards a carry. In the Matt Patricia offense, which took a ton of criticism, he averaged five yards a carry. Okay, they averaged 4.3 yards a carry. Matt Mac Jones was not good enough last year. He averaged 6.8 yards per pass, right? This year, when they got Billy O'Brien, they're supposed to be better. They averaged 3.5 a run, and Mac Jones is down to 5.7. And they're actually a more talented team this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, they're in shotgun all the time. There's no play action. They can't make a big play. It's hard. You don't have, they don't have Tyreek Hill. The Panthers don't have Tyreek Hill. People keep saying, well, their receivers aren't open. Well, the reason they're not open is because they're easy to cover. But when you run play action, they become easier. It's harder to cover. Now you and look so at this where, whole yeah. trend of going. One of the things that gives me a sense of comfort watching all these games and watching Baltimore is finally they put Lamar under center. He And he looks completely different than he did last year. Yep. Like this whole shotgun. We're in shotgun, we're in shotgun, we're in shotgun. Look, I'm not against shotgun. I'm not. But how about what are the best offenses in football right now? Dallas, under center. San Francisco, under center. How about the Rams? McVay might be doing his best coaching job ever under center. Cleveland, under center. Like I think you have to have balance in that, Ben. And I think what happens to, to poor Bryce Young, he's back there. There's no help. None whatsoever. One, it goes back to what we saw happen in the offseason where Thomas Brown's brought over from L.A. as the offensive coordinator from the Rams. And yet Frank Reich has been adamant that it is, is his team to call plays for. Uh, if, if, if let's just say tomorrow Frank Reich were to go, go up to the podium and say, all right, this has been a disaster so far. Thomas Brown is going to be calling the plays going forward. Where would you stand on uh, Carolina going forward? Well, I would want to know what's going to be the run game because I know James Camp and the line coach is really good. I know James Camp and he's a really good line coach. Look at what that line did last year. Look at that line last year compared to this year. What's the difference? Look at the look at the Indy line after he fired Gooch, who was there before he got the job. Dave Gooch, Dave, we call him Gooch. They fired Gooch. He brings in his own line coach. Look at that Colt line after the, over the four years when he was there. They've got soft, 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 softer. Like at some point, you know, like they're not better. Just because you change doesn't mean you've improved, right? Yeah. Long way for Carolina I mean, to go right now. And they lose Shaq Thompson, at linebacker, last night. Uh, carted off the reports early coming out of the game as he will miss significant time. And we are seeing a big line move gonna, uh, already on the, uh, on the, on the yeah, Seahawks I mean, for week three, Michael. Yeah, and they went into Seattle last year, ran the football effectively against Seattle and beat Seattle. Think about that. Think about Seahawks, that. Uh, good. I wouldn't shock me if this Seattle line gets to seven. It was a four and a half look ahead, reopened, uh, re- or four look ahead, reopened four and a half, then reposted five and a half after the game last night. Now we're up to six. Some shops already to six and a half there with Carolina going into Seattle. You know, on the flip side for New Orleans, it's look, it's a two and oh start. But as you pointed out earlier with the quarterback in Derek Carr, you think about where, where New Orleans is and they look so anemic anytime they even sniff the 20 and in. I mean, it, it's like the most impotent offense inside the 30 <laughs> whereas you know from the from the between the 30s they look fine and Derek Carr has been uh, he's been about average if you look at the advanced numbers so far but how can you have any trust in the Saints offensively going forward with how how just skittish unconfident they have looked in those red zone situations it's basically been uh, they've almost been over so far on their nearly 10 red zone situations to start the year from a touchdown perspective and especially if you get pressure on them early if you get like the, the, the like the Saints like like the Panthers did, they got pressure on them early, and that was it. 
you know, and then in the fourth quarter, they've won two games in the fourth quarter. And how have the Saints won two games in the fourth quarter? Cars made great throws down the field. He closed the game out against Tennessee with a deep throw, and he won the game this week with a deep throw, with two deep throws. But you take the deep throw out of the game and force him to have to move a little bit in the pocket, right or left, like the like the Panthers did last night. I mean, you know, he stood back there and took sacks. I mean, he's st- I mean, the one time he just knew what was coming, he just buckled up. And now where we go for week three, it's fascinating because we'll, we'll do a segment a little bit later in the show, Michael, called Will the Real Team Please Stand Up? Uh, thanks to our producer, Steph, for coming up with this. There's a bunch of one-in-one teams where we just – it's like where do you even go with, with what we've seen with good performances one week, bad the next? And it's a really good litmus test now for the Green Bay Packers, right? It's a, a line that has come down. It was Packers look-ahead laying three. Now it's Green Bay minus two with a total of 43. And that quarterback, Jordan Love, has been you know, very up and down so far through two games. It'll be a tough sledding against a really, really good Saint defense, but – is also a tough spot, Michael, for the Saints coming off of back-to-back really tight games, short week, going on the road in the Packers' home opener at Lambeau. No question. It'll be a tough game for them. You know, but look, if they can run the ball like Atlanta did against them, you have a much better chance. And we I mean, that's the one Bay, fly yeah. in the Green Bay ointment defensively is they've yet to be able to stop a good run game. It was the issue last year is why I had some concern about Joe Barry being retained as D.C. Second worst run defense a year ago on an EPA per play basis. Granted, there have been injuries early, but uh, it has still not shown a ton of improvement. And that was the downfall for Green Bay in week number two. Also, offensive injuries abounding there for the Packers, which we'll get to in a little bit. They will be one of the subjects of our will the real team please stand up. We have a lot to get to, though, on this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi line. Whole lot of headlines around the league market. I got my odd screen in front of me. Michael numbers are flashing popping, moving everywhere. As we get into week three of the NFL, we'll discuss some of the top headlines when we come back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are, and tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That is Juice R-E-E-L in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool. Juice Reel, that is juice like orange juice, real R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better better. With Michael Lombardi, I'm Ben Wilson in for Stormy today. We have, as I mentioned right before the last break, Michael, a whole lot of odds moving already on the market going into NFL week three and a lot of injuries to get to. We'll talk a lot of running backs right now because Saquon Barkley of the Giants, he is going to be out at least the next couple of weeks. Ankle injury confirmed after the win coming from behind over the Arizona Cardinals. And now a short week, too, for the Giants. You go to San Francisco after getting an absolute gift in the desert against Arizona. Seeing this line basically 10 market wide has been some buyback after the 49ers got as high as 11. But you have to wonder, where does this Giants offense go and what does it look like without Saquon Barkley and against one of the best units in the league in San Francisco? Well, one of the best units in the league didn't play like one of the best units in the league last week, right? I mean, you got to give McVay credit. And, and I know they threw it 55 times in the game, but, you know, they held their own in there. And, and Matthew Stafford was flying it across. He only was sacked one time. He had to move a bunch. But, 
give them credit. They had a great game plan. I think what the Rams have done with this lack of talent that they have is remarkable. Can the Giants duplicate that? I think it's going to take all their efforts because the Niners just didn't look as dominant as they did on offense defensively against the Steelers. They didn't look that way here. Now, I know we took the meaningless field goal for the point differential. I'm I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that his analytical guy said, take the points in the press box. I'm convinced of that, like (laughs) in the tiebreaker, because there's no way Sean would have thought, you know, he would have kneeled it down, but somebody said it. No, it's a good idea. Okay. That's why the guy's up there. But this is a hard one for the, I mean, they're going to get pressure. We saw last week when Arizona was fresh, they did put pressure on Daniel Jones, but in the second half, when they were tired, it was touchdown, 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 field goal for the last four drives. So, this one's a hard one for them. And, and look, let's face it, the Giants, we had such high hopes for them defensively. They were so good on third down last year, so good in the red area. This year, they've yet to force a turnover. And they've given up 40. They've given up 74 points in two games to, you know, the, and let's face it, the Cowboys didn't move the ball that much on them. It was more turnovers. But the Cardinals, what Joshua Dobbs did. If it wasn't for a complete self-implosion of Arizona, that's probably not even a competitive game. If we're being honest, 28-7, mid-third quarter, Arizona had the game one. We're 16.5-point live favorites. And then uh, you all know the rest. Giants come back, win uh, win the game remarkably, 31-28. Yeah, I look at the offensive line and see a left tackle in Andrew Thomas, who's been banged up to start the year. He is questionable. Now Ben Bredesen, the left guard, is on the injury report. Yeah, the, the most surprising thing to me, you kind of alluded to it with the 49ers-Rams uh, game, was that Rams have a pretty weak, at least on paper, O-line, and yet... They held up really well for about a half and, and a you know half of the third quarter against San Francisco. You have to think, though, after San Francisco really turned up the pressure defensively in the second half, you see that translate into Thursday night where uh, this, this Giants offensive line with no Barkley to help out Jones as a quarterback. You have to think it's going to be rough sledding for this Giants offense and a big reason why I'd imagine the total probably like a team total for the Giants will end up being really, really low. It's a 45 overall total right now, which uh, generally correlates to around 17 and a half on that uh, that team total with 27 and a half for San Francisco hard for me to see the Giants getting more than 17 don't you think yeah me too but look I mean the Rams blocked them earlier I mean they did let's face it Alaric Johnson Jackson the left tackle he played really well against Bosa I mean you know Bosa's a great they held up which shocked me I thought they would take it over but they didn't and Stafford had time and, and I think like I said earlier McVay did a great job of game planning that and they did a wonderful – they were able to do it. I mean, look, I'm going to tell you something. If Burrow doesn't play on Sunday in Cincinnati, the, the Rams will beat the Bengals. The Rams will beat the Bengals. Now, they're not going to beat it with Jake Brown. I mean, Matthew Stafford will throw the ball effectively against them, and they'll protect. Because let me say that the, the Rams' offensive line blocked the 49ers as well as anybody. They'll block the Bengal front. Sure. I, it just the last thought for me Thursday night football. I, you know, it's, it's hard to want to lay a huge, you know, double digit number on a short week. These games tend to be very sloppy and a, a tough games to get through on Thursday night. Hard to want to lay 10 with San Francisco, but a team total under 17 and a half on the Giants. That that to me is the way to play Thursday night football. If you were wanting to bet that before the total comes down and you talk about injury news you know, market, Michael is reacting. You speak of Joe Burrow as a quarterback for Cincinnati. Like this market reaction is almost indicating the expectation that Burrow will not be out there for the late Monday night yeah. football start against the Rams. We're, I'm seeing one and a half as low. Some offshore books are down one to one on market-wide. So you, you think that's how it ends up uh, playing out in Cincy? I mean, DraftKings New Jersey has it minus two here where I am. So, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the book's moving this number. And let's be honest here. The Bengals haven't played well. 
I mean, they can't get the they're in one formation all the time. I was having this conversation with a coach today in the league about, you know, people catch up to you at some point. They're in 11. They've taken Chase out of the game. He's got he's got seven catches for 70 yards or something like that. He's averaging 10 yards a catch. Can't make doesn't make any explosive plays. You know, you're asking Burrow on a bad calf to drive the ball. He can't drive it. I mean, forget the injury at the end of the game. I thought he was struggling to drive the ball watching the game. Even if he plays, he's not going to be very good. They don't have a run game. They don't have a lead blocker. They can't control the edge of the line. I, I think they're in trouble. And defensively, they're not the same team. I mean, the safeties, you know, they they lose, the, you know, they lose both starting safeties. And then now they have injuries creeping up on them. I, I, I think to me, the way the Rams – look, the Rams are playing better than the Bengals right now if Burrow doesn't play. But even if Burrow plays – if that number cre- that number's never going back to seven, even if Burrow plays, because the book's telling you if he plays, he's not going to be very good anyway. Yeah, anywhere from one to two in the market. And uh, this was a look ahead of seven and a half. It reopened on a Sunday night at six and a half. And now here we go all the way down to uh, some ones, one and a half or twos. I'm sure a lot of betters. Now, this is, isn't available right now because of the Burrow injury question marks, Michael. But I'm sure a lot of betters will look at Cincinnati and they go, well, they were 0 2 last year. Looked awful the first two weeks. Different 0 2. Made, you know, made the playoffs uh, and, and were a good in season bet to get. To, to get there. Look, Cincinnati at 0-2, I, I look at them as being much in a much different place than they were at this time a season ago. And you talk about the defensive personnel losses, 22nd in defensive EPA per play so far through two weeks. I, it's, to me, that feels like a sucker bet right now. As much as we know it's a high ceiling for Cincinnati, I don't know how you can say, well, just because they did it last year, you should go ahead and try to get a better number on a to-make-the-playoff bet right now. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that last year, I mean, I keep saying this all the time. Last year is last year. Then is then, now is now. And until we figure that out, we're never going to be very good in betting. you got to move past that, right? Then is then, now is now. And I, and I think to me, that that's the most important thing. I mean, the Bengals, they're having a hard time blocking. Jonah Williams is having a hard time blocking. They're going to have a hard time blocking Aaron Donald. Think about that total too, where it, where it goes from here. I, I I think my biggest advice on that game, you know, look ahead. Total was forty five and a half, so we've already seen a five plus point move with the expectation Burrow is out. Yet the total's only gone down a couple points. To me, Michael, that's not really that's not really indicative of and, and taking into account fully the injury scope here. So if there's a number actually to get behind, you think about the strength and, and how the the Rams pass rush can can look especially against a backup quarterback and uh, and Jake Browning of Cincinnati I'd expect that number to go even lower uh, sitting at 43 and a half right now amidst a bunch of our uh, our injury concerns here for week number three I just want to throw one other at you real quick here Michael we mentioned uh, running backs here to start this segment and uh, this Charger Vikings game could this be the most unbettable game in NFL history Chargers and Vikings couple of 0-2 teams where uh, no timeline for running back Austin Eckler that's the report out of uh, the Chargers and head coach Brandon Staley as he comes back from his ankle injury so no Eckler and uh, yet another kind of vintage Chargers performance over the weekend where they had the game in the balance, had the game and the opportunity to win, and yet couldn't do anything offensively as the defense uh, certainly let uh, a did bad you, Tennessee did you offense take back notes on that? Did you take notes on that two-minute drive? It wasn't good. At the end of the game? Did you see – I mean, it was the most amazing two-minute drive I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's got the ball at the 49-yard line with two minutes to go in all three timeouts. And he basically runs, I think he runs like eight plays. Let's just let clock time just tick off the clock incessantly. And he ends up at first and he ends up at first and ten at his 14 with 51 seconds and all three timeouts, and he ends up running three more plays. Yep. 
as a as a Titans better, <laughs> at a teaser plus three. three I had and a half. the tit- I recommended the Titans too, I man, like and them, I thought yeah. for sure it was a loss. I thought I it was too. definitely going to be they were going to give up the score, and yet they and then in overtime. They do what Joystick typically always does. He comes out, he throws three incomplete passes, punts the ball back, and next thing you know, they lose. I think, you know, everyone wants to focus on... I actually on, like them um, this week, yeah. though. I, I actually, I think this will be a shootout this week. Huge move to the over, by the way. This was, I, it was 50-51 when the line came out. We're up to yeah. 54 now, so... The, 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 this <laughs> is a very hard week. It's an easy week for Survivor. It's a hard week for picking games because of the point spreads being the so many games above the three and a half in that, you know, in that six to eight, yeah. nine. Then we got 13. We got a 12. You know what I mean? Factor in injuries. It, it is a very challenging week three. And a lot of that is we've watched a number of teams in the league look really good. One of the two weeks look really bad. The other. And that's why we'll, we'll dive into our with a real team. Please stand up segment next here on the Lombardi line. We'll talk some bills. We'll talk some lions after the break. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. If you are a new customer, you can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Just throw 5 bucks down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code VEGAS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code VEGAS. The crown is yours. Yours. Still to come on this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line, we'll welcome in our weekly guest, Aaron Moore, a writer at vcin.com. Excited to have Aaron on a little bit later, 2.30 Eastern time. And segment I've been looking forward to, Michael. Well, the real team, please stand up. We have so many candidates. I mean, it feels like half the league you could say that for right now uh, with, with well, a bunch of one-on-one one starts. 
Well, I think part of it too, right, is, you know, it's the, the September is a little bit of a hard month to evaluate, handicap and evaluate. The other thing is we have not really seen the team define who they are yet. And that's going to be the challenge. That's going to be the teams that start to win in October, November, December, and the teams that don't make that that consistent leap. You know, you've got a pretty good idea who you are now as a team, and you've got to be able to figure out what it's going to take to win and what you have to avoid to lose. And I think that's going to be up to the head coach how you want to play the game. All this noise about uh, you know Zach Wilson three interceptions. He threw him in the fourth quarter. Like, that didn't hurt them. Their defense hurt them. They couldn't get off the field on third down. That was the reason they lost, not sure. Zach Wilson's three for three interceptions. So I think you got to keep it, really understand who you are. And so one of the teams we're talking about, it's the Buffalo Bills who lost to the New York Jets in week one and was what was certainly a box score anomaly game in that loss. Then a really slow start against the Raiders, end up beating down Las Vegas 38-10. You know, one of those things, though, where advanced numbers so far, and you give me a hard time for, for loving the, uh, the advanced analytics, but yeah, to me, I just use it as a basis for where to set expectations for these teams. And Buffalo has been a top 10 defense advanced numbers-wise through two weeks, just one and one. Josh Allen actually has the best completion percentage over expectations of any quarterback in the NFL, which I was surprised to see at with the numbers. And yet they come out against Las Vegas, look really, really sluggish out of the gates in a spot where you expected them to play with a ton of passion and energy in a home opener, get down seven, nothing. And it took a Jimmy Garoppolo horrendous interception to completely flip the game on its head. So where do you stand on a Buffalo team that uh, is, is one and one did look good down the stretch in week two against Las Vegas, but that's also a Raider team with a ton of deficiencies on defense. Well, I thought for the first time in a while, they finally had an offense. They ran an offense effectively. They looked like an offense. He took profits. He wasn't trying to force the ball. He wasn't trying to throw the football down the field. The Raiders were going to give him completions, and he took them. And they ran the football effectively. They looked like a complete offense, and they were effective and efficient running their offense. Defensively, I would be really leery about declaring them a good defense. I really would. There were a lot of plays the Raiders left on that field. There were a lot of plays the Jets left on that field. And so their safeties are a liability. They're not a big team whatsoever. If they were to play Cleveland, if they were to play these teams that can really run the football effectively, Dallas or those, they're going to have a hard time. Their linebackers are very small. They rely on playing nickel. And Garoppolo did not play well at all in the game, nor did any of the Raiders. The Raiders' offensive line probably was the worst of all of it. But there was ample opportunity. They didn't have – Devontae Adams was open on the tape pretty much almost all game. Mm -hmm. So I I would not run away with it. I think Buffalo has to behave the way they behaved on Sunday against the Raiders. Take the profits, run the offense, play from in front. They're a nickel defense that needs to play from in front. And you think – you talk about discipline – when you think about a veteran team who's had multiple deep playoff runs and a quarterback in Josh Allen who is now at the point he's not a you know not a young uh, first you know first rookie contract guy anymore, you would think that would be easy, but you still get the sense that they that he struggles with that, the team struggles with that at times, and so yeah, that's why we've seen a shift now in the AFC East betting odds. Bills plus one ten, they're now the second favorite behind Miami, who have come out guns blazing, two wins in the first two weeks. It'll be interesting to see how they look against a, a Washington defense that certainly on paper you expect them to be a very very good unit going on the road laying nearly a touchdown against a Washington team that is 2-0 even if that feels like a bit of a fraudulent 2-0 and and we'll we'll get a a good good idea of where you know do you talk about discipline Michael how disciplined will Buffalo look in a game they certainly should win probably should win by margin next week 
Well, I think it'll be a hard game for Buffalo because Buffalo, we're not sure Buffalo is very good up front. I mean, we're, we're really not sure about that. I mean, when you watch them against the Jets, I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders look like they spent the week in West Virginia. You know, I'm not sure that really worked out well for the Raiders. They came out the first play of the game. The right guard got pushed five yards in the backfield. Josh Jacobs lost five yards. I mean, it was not they were not ready to play. And I think the coaches on the staff would be the first to tell you everybody played a part in that. I think Washington will be ready to play. They'll have a home field again. Everybody just assumes that they're easy to move the ball on. I mean, New Orleans went up 21 to three and they were moving the ball until Russ decided to be inaccurate. You know, one thing we have going for us here is you have Bienemy hat understands how to play against this Buffalo scheme with McDermott. They've played sure. it before in the past. They understand it. So he'll have an idea. And Sam Howe played well last week, in spite of me thinking he wasn't going to. In the crowd noise of Denver and the mile high in Denver, they did a nice job. So look, I th- I think Buffalo's a good team. I don't think the first game is who they are, nor do I think the second game is who they are. I think they're still a good team, and it takes the right kind of team to play them. They will struggle with Miami. They will struggle with Miami because Miami will be able to attack them in their secondary because they're not very fast. Their safeties will be a problem. If you watch the Miami game against New England, New England's safeties really kept the big play from happening. Sure. And you know, they is, lined up three uh, across the board. Yeah. You know, and so Miami will be able to attack Buffalo right now. To me, Buffalo, Miami, assuming they can stay healthy is can be the best team there. Makes sense from what we've watched in two weeks so far. And that is on deck where Buffalo hosts Miami. Plus Miami doesn't have to play bad weather up there. You know, huge huge schedule break, by the way. Miami gets to go to Foxborough in week two on a 70 degree clear night in the Northeast. And they get to go to Buffalo in uh, in late September. That's not not a bad setup uh, by any means. No, I mean, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, you know, that's what they need. I mean, if Tua gets wind, it's not going to be good. I'm just telling you, it's not going to be good. They need that weather. Another team, we're wanting to see, will this real team please stand up? It is only fitting that we go to Detroit and the Detroit Lions where, you know, we sort of felt like the opening night win over Kansas City. <laughs> you know, how would we be talking about Detroit, Michael, if Kadarius Tony basically makes one of I was gonna three add, wide open catch the opportunities? They're probably 0-2. You took the line right out of my mouth. I mean, you know, everybody got carried away with the win. You know, I thought Kansas City's defense was the winner of the game. I mean, I don't get – look, Montgomery's out. The Gibbs has got 14 carries in two games. Who's taking the place of Montgomery? Let's let's be clear here. They need to run the football to for Goff to be effective. They need to run the football for Goff to be effective. This defense has given up 57 points in two games, and we know Kansas City wasn't very good, right? We know Kansas City wasn't very good. So uh, opening day. I don't think they've improved defensively, especially against the pass. I think every game's going to be hard. I think every game's going to be a problem. Goff turned it over last week for a pick six. And, you know, I think it's going to be one of those where they're going to have to find a way to win the game in the fourth quarter. Here's the, here's the margin. Think about this, Ben. They have scored 31 points in the second half. They have allowed 30. They've allowed mm-hmm. six in overtime. 
pretty amazing. When you, and, and you think about the defensive reinforcements that Detroit brought in for D.C. and Glenn. The thought was this, this would go from one of the worst defenses in the league to potentially a mid-tier group, which could be enough to get the Lions over the top. And yet, through two weeks, 25th on the overall efficiency numbers, just overall on defense, and they lose arguably the biggest piece brought in in the offseason. DB Chauncey Gardner-Johnson torn peck on Sunday, and he's out indefinitely. So do you really see this getting any better anytime soon for Detroit? No, I, I really don't. I, I really don't. I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be really hard. They're going to have to play the kind of game that, they, that they've been playing, keep trying to score points. But if they get against a team that's like Seattle, that's very effective, you know, Seattle can match them. I mean, they did come back from 10 points down, and they had a chance at the end of the game. Campbell kind of went retreat a little bit, played for overtime. I think they had a chance in that game if you watch the tape closely, but Definitely. you know, and then they then they couldn't stop them. I mean, you got to be able to make a play. You can say, well, Hutchinson got called for holding. They had a third and ten that they converted to. They couldn't get off the field there. No doubt, and it it'll be. Just, I, you know, I can't help but laugh because uh, you know me being being the resident Wisconsinite, uh, one of the Wisconsinites here at the network, watching Desmond Ritter uh, against my Packers over the weekend, thinking this guy could. It feels like he's going to throw a pick every time he drops drops every back. Time. You know, Ritter, look, give him credit for leading a couple of drives and making a big fourth down run for the Falcons. Now Atlanta goes to Detroit. Uh, talk about litmus test for both sides. Can Ritter actually look a little bit better and, and competent against one of the worst defenses in the league? That's my big question here for Week Three. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. you got to go into Wisconsin, got to deal with that turf, right? They're going to slip. The speed isn't going to be the same. I mean, the one thing I was encouraged about watching Atlanta, they actually put Pitts at tight end and tried to block him over there. Yeah. And he actually tried. He actually tried. I was impressed. Yeah, so Atlanta goes to Detroit this week. Then Lions on a short week go to Green Bay Thursday Night Football next week. We have some more real teams attempting to stand up. We'll get into our headlines for hour number two when we come back right here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 